good morning it girls good afternoon good evening like good like ugh, just good day maybe i should just start saying good day y'all want to know the tea i'm so fired up i have so much energy now <laughs> i guess god was like girl you need to redo that mess i literally just spent like a half an hour more than a half an hour recording a podcast episode just to find out that my microphone was not plugged in. Like, I guess I just was not paying attention because when it records, it's red, right? But I don't I don't know, y'all. I get to the end and I'm like, great, I'm going to bust out this edit. God said, ain't no edit. <laughs> ain't no edit, girl. Try that mess again. I ain't like it. You didn't sound too energetic. And I, I wasn't. I was not. Sis was sounding really very much tired because I did, prior to that, just get up. Like, just rolled out of bed from my little nappy nap. So... Here I am redoing the episode. No, I'm not redoing that same episode. I'm recording a different one because I'm 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 still like a little upset about it. So that's all the updates I have for y'all. Um, two oh, don't forget to follow me on TikTok if you want to hear more dating, dating life, lifestyle content. Of course, Imani underscore Bailey is my social media literally everywhere. But anyway, we're gonna get into today's episode because ugh. Your girl already filmed one episode for today that was not even filmed for real or recorded for real. But it's okay. It's okay. We move. We move. The devil ain't going to stop me. Doubt causes destruction. That is a banger right there. Drops mic. I need the bombs in the back. Doubt causes uh, destruction. What is doubt? We have all have doubted ourselves or doubted another person before or doubted God before maybe all three I'm pretty sure all three I hate speaking for other people but let's just be real with ourselves we probably did all three of those girly and this this one's this one's a hard one for me it's it's a little hard because I'm gonna share y'all with y'all my feelings and what I've been experiencing as of lately but We're going to take it to 1 Kings 17, verse 8 through 17, child. So 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 17. It's okay if you don't have your Bible, because guess what? I'm going to read it, though. I'm going to read it. Y'all going to get this word one way or another. (laughs) One thing about me, we're going to open this Bible, okay? You know, this podcast is for everyone. I am not a deacon, a preacher. I'm, I'm in my Bible study era, but... I don't know everything. So when we read from the Bible, y'all know I'm always, if you're new here, I'm, I don't know why I'm talking so loud. I'm just so excited. I'm always going to give y'all the background information. So the title of this chapter is Elijah and the Widow at Zarif, y'all, y'all, let's talk. The girl from Atlanta can pronounce half of these Bible places. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. Elijah and the Widow at, I think it's Zarephath, Zarephath, where are you going to say Zarephath? 1 Kings chapter 17, but we're going to jump down to verse 8, or we could just start at verse 7. So Elijah is um, a prophet of God. Back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not dwell among everyone. God had prophets that the Lord spoke through, and Elijah is one of them. I love the prophet Elijah because Elijah is, like, sorry for my language, Elijah is such a badass, though. Like, bad, like... If Elijah had on, like, a leather long coat, like, the Matrix, like, Elijah was just that man. Like, he was just that man. I'm sorry. But I got to give that to context for y'all. So, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The word of the Lord came to him. To him is Elijah. 
Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow, a, a widow <laughs> there to supply you with food. So at that point, it's like a lot of famine and stuff going on because the kids is acting up once again. The Israelites have been acting up literally since they have been taken from slavery. Like, if we're going to be honest. Verse 10 says, so he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, she, he called and bring me please a piece of bread as surely as the lord your god lives she replied i don't have any bread only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug i am gathering a few sticks to take home to make a meal for myself and for my son so we may eat it and die it's a lot of famine going on y'all like the people have no food there has not been any rain so she's telling him of course, I'm going to fetch you some water, but I don't really have bread. This is all I have. I'm going to cook this for my son. We're going to have probably our last meal and we're going to die. Elijah said to her, verse 13, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make me a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord of God Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the oil did not run dry. And keeping the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah y'all what that is a miracle me bear with me we're gonna talk about it we're gonna get into some things afterwards but i gotta tell you this story y'all verse 15 verse 19 i'm sorry <laughs> not me verse 17 sometime later the son of the woman who owned the house became ill he grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing she said to elijah what do you have against me man of god did you come to remind me of of my son, of my sin and kill my son? Elijah said, give me your son. He took him in her arm, from his her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he snatched, stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord, the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him. And as he lived, Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know you are a man of God and the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So throughout all of that, what I just told you, right? There's famine in the land because the Israelites are cutting up once again. She is prepared to die. She's about to make her last little batch of food. 
for her and her son. She's going to die. And she's telling the prophet this. But there's so much going on because sometimes people don't really know. It seemed like everyone kind of knew who Elijah was. But this woman is not from the same land. She doesn't know if Elijah's truly a man of God, right? He could be hiding behind lies. We don't know this for real. But God always creates a perfect situation to let you know, I am he. And this is the situation right here. She didn't have any faith in Elijah. She just did what she was told because it's like, I ain't got nothing else to lose. I'm preparing myself to die. So I might as well do what I'm told because what is there really to lose? I have nothing to lose. She had nothing to lose. That's an important part. So she, she obeys. She does what she is told. She has no faith in it. She's just doing what she's told because she was told to do so. And she lacks nothing. She loses nothing. And she's able to feed her family. Her jars do not run dry, right? You heard the story. It doesn't run dry. But even with all of that, she didn't really believe that Elijah was really a man of God and that God's word was law. She didn't really believe. She was like, okay, yeah, like I'm living. But it's not until after her son dies and comes back to life that she now understands, okay, this man ain't nothing to play with. (laughs) like this man is nothing to play with so it also shows that God sometimes will put us in these situations where it literally looks like there's no other choice like there's no help there's our back is against the wall the wall is against our back we have nothing left to do there's no way anyone can fix the situation right it looks so down bad that the only way that the situation is right is by God's hand and that is how we can acquit that too because the woman can't say oh he did some sort it was something else it was somebody else who did it my son wasn't truly sick her son was dead her son was dead and it was the man of God who has authority God has given him authority God is working through him who brought her son back to life and now she has faith however the story does continue it mentions that Elijah took the son upstairs so she doesn't see right she has faith now because she didn't really see her son come back to life I mean she sees now that he's alive once Elijah brings him back downstairs but she didn't really see what happened right she had little faith but she did have obedience she probably had doubt but she did have obedience see God has no problem with providing confirmation God will do all of the qualifying all of the teaching all of the providing for real that's exactly what he did for her he did the providing he did the qualifying for Elijah too because who's this strange man like she's a widow this man is asking for some bread that she barely have he asking for water that she barely have it's literally famine for years and it's like mm, I don't know if he's really the man of God that the people say he is But it's like, what if I don't listen? Who knows? God qualifies Elijah to show that he is, in fact, the man of God. And he also provides food to this woman's family and also provides aid slash a miracle for when her son dies. Personally, I have been experiencing kind of the same thing, feelings of doubt in life with the podcast. I've, I've dealt with feelings of doubt previously, and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last time, right? But as of lately, 
it's pertaining to my podcast. Like, I don't know. I'm in the second season now. There's some things that are that are changing. We can only go up from here, the growth. But it's like, I don't, part of me, as I'm going through, this is just like me opening up personally and um, my experience. And help, hopefully, as you're listening to my experience, you have something that's top of mind for you that you're currently going through and um, will be able to break through. But it was something about, I, I don't want to sound too preachy on here. I know that where faith meets femininity is, duh, the whole name of my podcast and the concept of it, but I wanted it to be open to everyone. But at the same time, I know it's going to be rejected by some because not everyone's a Christian. Not everyone wants to be a Christian, right? I, there's so many things that I that enter my mind when I think about my podcast. And then when I'm praying and everything and God is like, okay, less of you, and more of me, I'm like, I don't want to sound like a preacher because one, I'm not. (laughs) Two, people might feel uncomfortable. Three, what qualifies me to sound like a preacher, right? Because preachers go through theology school. They study the text. And uh, yeah, I'm studying the text, but they study the text. Like I studied marketing in school. And then plus something about inclusivity, making me want to be accepted by the vast majority of being I don't like my deep down people pleaser problems (laughs) hello it's like kind of it's like trying to peek up when I think about my podcast my people pleasing issues try to peek up because I just I want to please everyone I want everything to be so oh so inclusive right and the reality is it can't be And then I'm like, okay, but at the same time, on top of that, like, who's going to listen? Who's going to share? Who's going to rate the podcast? If I if I cut out all the non-Christians, if they get offended. But that is not my burden to bear. You hear all the doubts like it's like a, a slippery slope. Like I have one doubt that comes into my mind and then it opens up a whole dam. Like it's like breaking a dam and like the water just comes rushing in of all of these questions that I've written down to share with you all. And self doubt. So I have this highlighted here. Self-doubt causes anxiety and can delay the process of working towards your purpose. That's the message for today. That is, that is, if you don't remember anything, that is the message for today. Self-doubt causes anxiety. As I was even explaining to you personally what I've been going through, it started to make me anxious. I'm pretty sure you can hear it in my voice. I'm like, damn, like now I even got things that I'm thinking about that I didn't even write down. It causes anxiety and it can delay the process of you working towards your purpose. Why can self-doubt delay the process of you working towards a purpose? Because if I feel like I'm not qualified to do something that God is telling me to do, maybe I want to take matters into my own hands and I'm like, oh, let me let me try to qualify myself. Maybe let me go back to school and get a theology degree, which is not needed But I feel like it's needed just so I sound more qualified. So I have a list of qualifications, right? So it's delaying the process of me starting this podcast or continuing the podcast, creating episodes, reading my word. Um, That's just a little example of that. Or when it comes to providing, I know I talked about this before. I'm just like starting like my favorite, one of my favorite quotes is like, you have all that you need to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Like as of right now, you have everything you need and you might look up and you might be listening to this and be like, girl, no, I don't. When I started my YouTube channel, I didn't even have a camera. I had a webcam 
and I had daylight. I had a webcam on my laptop and I had daylight. I didn't have no editing software. I didn't have a legit camera. I didn't have professional lighting. Y'all, I had no training whatsoever. I had all that I needed at that time. And when it was time for God to provide more for me to continue what I was going to do, he did it. And it was like that little girl in me and that, 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 that started senior year of high school I wasn't thinking, you know, I listened to some of my friends like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't have the latest iPhone. I don't have the latest equipment. I don't have the latest degree. I don't have a degree in that. You have all that you need right now. Everything that you need right now. So what if we were to bring all of our questions to the Lord, all of your anxiety you cast onto him, all of your self-doubt you cast onto him? Because self-doubt is not a spirit of the Lord. It's just, it's from the enemy. Because at the end of the day, the enemy wants to what? Still kill and destroy. In order to do so, he's going to have to course correct and guide you off of the path. Have you doubt yourself? Have you walk into shame? Have you disconnected from your purpose to still kill and destroy? Because the enemy is not just after your purpose. The enemy is really after your life. But to come for your life, He has to come for your purpose. And to come for your purpose, he has to set up little traps along the obstacle course to get you derailed. But what if we were to bring all of our questions to God? Because if we do, when we do, we can receive confirmation. We're not supposed to know everything. And being comfortable with not knowing that you're not supposed to know everything, we will receive comfort. See, the opposite of having anxiety is like worrying about the stuff that you have no business worrying about. I got no business worrying about if I want to sound, if someone's going to make think that I'm trying to sound like a preacher. Because at the end of the day, there are people who listen to the podcast and enjoy the content and learn from it. And it's making me learn because it's causing me to do research. It's causing me to fellowship with God. So even if nobody listens to it, I'm learning. I'm getting the gist out of it, right? So it's like I have no business worrying about things that are, one, not in my control, and two, have not even come to pass. Tomorrow has enough worry in the day for me to be coming up with these things to worry about. <laughs> like, girl, be for real, right? So with going to my, all of my questions to the Lord, I will receive confirmation. I will understand that it's okay for me not to know everything, and with that, I will receive comfort. It is comfort that the battles are not mine. The small battles, the large battles, the battles are not yours to bear. The burden is not yours to bear. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And that is all for today. I know this was a quick episode, quicker than normal. (laughs) But really, that is the main point. You don't want to self-doubt. Do not doubt yourself. You have everything that you have to start to accomplish what you need. And let go. Let God. Question God. Ask him for confirmation. He's not going to get pissed. He's not going to strike you dead. There's no lightning bolt coming from the sky. I used to think this when I was older, when I was younger. Like, how dare I ask God for confirmation? Like, who am I to ask God? Um, His child. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> You're his child. Children ask questions all the time. And what do parents do? Either they answer it or they shoot them down. But God is going to answer your questions. 
So I will see you in the next podcast. Like, share, comment, rate the podcast. And I love y'all so much. I love y'all so much. Have a beautiful, blessed day.